This episode of The Legend of Retro is sponsored by Detroit Beard Collective. Dot com, where you can find beards of all shapes and sizes. You can find your collection. Nope, you can find beard supplies such as beard balms, mustache wax, beard elixirs, combs, shampoos, all the tools you need to feed your beard. Not not necessarily purchase collections of beards. Where do I get a beard though? From your own face, typically. Now, you're an unfortunate fellow who who obviously can't grow a beard too well. But if you are a person who has great facial hair, Detroit Beer Collective is the one to help you out. I'll tell you what, I may not be able to grow facial hair, but I sure as hell can appreciate it. That's right. And you know what I can do? What? Spend money. That's right. You go on DetroitBeerCollective.com. If you spend $25 or more, you can use the offer code MCGAMING and get 20% off your order. That's great. That is great. I so, can spend more money on beards that way. Right. Uh, well, what? On beard items. Thank you. That's, I'm scared now. No, don't be. That's, That's okay. So so thank you, Detroit Beer Collective, for sponsoring this episode of The Legend of Retro. Remember, everyone, use the offer code MCGAMING at checkout and receive 20% off your order of $25 or more. And get some beards. Supplies. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. This is Xander. And Craig WK. And we're doing something that I can't believe it's taken us this long to do. I'm really kind of surprised you guys didn't hit this episode beforehand before i had a chance to it's one of those things that was always like oh we should do it we should do it now uh-huh. we should totally do it now but like we wanted to give the game justice um when we talk about something as big as the legend of zelda mm-hmm. we feel that we don't want to leave any details out um no. or you know hit on most of them at the very least we don't want to have it be like last week's cubivore episode <laughs> well it was a, a nice uh, a quick episode for you guys who have backed up Podcast yeah, I mean the, the, the other two, the other two podcasts before the Cube War was Guitar Hero and then the Questions, which both went over an hour. So it's it's okay. It all yeah, evens out. I think so. Uh, today we'll probably go over an hour. <laughs> Odds are, yeah, honestly, uh, we're talking of uh, one of my absolute favorite entries into the Legend of Zelda series, which is Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. It's a phenomenal game it's one of the best handheld legend of zelda games one of the best legend of zelda games period mm-hmm. it was released in august of 1993 on the game boy mm-hmm. it's a you know top down action adventure game that follows the standard formula that was a you know in, from the original legend of zelda and linked to the past but at that time the only other zelda game was uh, link's adventure which you know clearly did not follow that one mm-hmm. uh but uh this time around link is searching for uh He's basically, he was searching for adventure after solving problems in Hyrule and stuff. Right. And we're not going to try to figure out the lineage and the timeline of Legend of Zelda. So no, yeah, we're ignoring that. If you're here for that, go somewhere else. Right. Uh, But basically he, he's on the ship and a storm hits and he gets shipwrecked on this island called uh, Koholand. Koholand. Yep. Uh, And uh, basically, he's told that he needs to, uh, you know, in order to escape the island, he needs to gather up these eight magical instruments and wake up a being called the Windfish. All the while, he's, you know, meets friends in in the the village and, you know, he befriends this girl named Marin, Mm -hmm. who's suspiciously like looks like Legend or uh, 
suspiciously suspiciously looks like Zelda mm-hmm. and, and Taryn, who suspiciously looks like Mario. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he really does. And uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, you know, it's it's pretty much the standard top-down Zelda formula, but it's interesting because, you know, you, you're you not in Hyrule. You're nope. in an original island. Yep. Uh, you know, you're not looking for the Triforce or items to lead you to the Triforce. You're just looking to get off this island. Mm-hmm. Kind of almost has the, a sort of, I, I mean, it's pretty simplified, but almost like a mysterious, like almost a mystery quality to the game where it's like, well, yeah. you, what is this island and where am I and what's going on here? All sorts of weird things kind of happen on the island. Yeah. It's a really, it's a pretty weird Zelda game. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert: It's all a dream. Yes. Yet another. We done. Doki Doki panicked you. <laughs> I was gonna say yet another Nintendo game that decides it's all a dream. But unlike uh, Mario Two, where you know for a lot of people it felt sort of tacked on because they didn't know. The, at the start of the adventure, all the stuff about the dream. And so playing through Mario 2, finding out it was a dream, sort of felt like they got blindsided. Yeah. In this, they give you clues and hints and, like, little tiny things. And, like, when you play it a second time through, you'll notice, like, oh, that's why Marin looks like Zelda. Because right. Link is dreaming and he's dreaming of Zelda, essentially. You why know? so many of these enemies are just like the ones you fought in Hyrule. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's a lot of uh, stuff like that. And I... Uh, uh, you know, it's it's all in all, just I mean, it's such a good Zelda game. Yeah. You know, the mechanics are are awesome. The they're tight, or the control is tight, I should say. You know, it's you would think hitting the handhelds would kind of sour the experience almost. You know, especially for ninety three. Right. Like you wouldn't really expect such. I mean, then this game stands up today. It absolutely does. It's still one of the better Legend of Zelda games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not to say that others haven't been good. Just. I mean, maybe not as good as this one. Yeah, you know, especially for those handhelds. Um, one of my favorite things about this game is um, the fact that you can. I mean, of course, just like any Zelda game, you can name yourself whatever you want. Yeah, but you can make it so that the game calls you something else entirely, and there's no way to change it back. <laughs> no, there isn't. My very first time playing through that happened to me, and I didn't mean for it to happen. Like I was just like messing around, just like, oh, I wonder if this will work, and it did. And for the rest of the game, they called you thief. Yep. I, I I found that you could like pick up the item and you would take it to the, the guy who runs the shop to to buy it. And I found that like you could sort of like deke him out. You could like go behind him and he wouldn't like notice you in time. And so I thought, oh, that's funny. Can you just like walk out of the shop? And I did. And I was like, oh, God, now I feel bad. Let me go back in and pay for it. I walked nope. back in with a shovel and the guy like kills me instantly. And then the game saves and you're now known as Thief. Yep. Everyone calls you thief. And doesn't it also call you thief if you go through people's drawers? Oh, now that I don't know I'm for sure. I'm pretty sure it does. It might. It's like, why are you looking through drawers? Like if, And then the people just start calling you thief. <laughs> Instead of calling you Link or whatever name you put in, they will call you thief for the rest of the game. That, that's definitely a, 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 you know, a shame I had when I was younger is the fact that I, I, I jokingly stole from the shop and then i was just like oh my god now i feel bad i stole from this guy and now i'm called thief but not until you go back and get killed by him do you get called thief right which is why in the most of the times when i play i'll buy everything i need to until it comes time to buy the bow and arrow steal that and then never go back <laughs> never go back <laughs> yep and they and never catch you 80 rupees come on that's a lot of rupees that's, that's a lot of roops that's highway robbery yeah uh, there's no other way to get the get it other than to steal it or to pay for it outright. Yes, yeah, and that's a through. lot of crane games. 
That is a ton of crane games. Granted, I, I've figured out the timing to always win the crane game, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Actually, I think it might be here, because then at that point, you didn't need to steal. It's a lot of crane games, Craig. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. Uh, now, there's a few uh, uh, things I'd like to mention with it when it comes to the game itself. Uh, now, the the game itself was originally meant to be a port of Link to the Past. I believe it. Yeah, they were originally going for a port to the Link to the Past, and then they started like you know it was like an after hours project mm-hmm. where they would like work on it when the day's work was done, and then more and more work went into it, and they finally decided, well, shoot, let's just go forward with it. And I'm glad they did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but there is technically another version of the game, which I think is the version that's available on the Chop Channel for the 3DS, which is the uh, Link's Awakening DX. Yeah, which is the color version. Yep. About I. Uh, I believe it was roughly around five years after it came out. Uh, you know, the Game Boy Color was around, and so they just ported the game over, added a bonus dungeon, which involved color. Yep. Uh, a boss that involved color, mm-hmm. you know, sort of going with that shtick. Yeah, it was before we got uh, Oracle of Ages and Seasons that they brought DX, or Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, it was, I mean... The bonus dungeon was pretty tough. The boss was fairly interesting. Yeah. It was, it was if you're going to play any version, I guess that's the version to play. Yeah, why not? Well, technically the ending kind of changes with the DX version. Does which, it? Which we'll get to later when we start chatting about that ending. Yeah, I don't remember I don't remember there being a, a huge difference, but I well, suppose in there... most cases there wouldn't be, but we'll we'll get to uh, that later. Right, it's, right, it's, right. it's there's a bit more uh, involved with that one. Can we talk about the music though? No, we can't. It's been 8 minutes, Craig. Please, the music's so good. Um, you had to find secret seashells. Oh yeah, that's right. You know, I when I was looking into the the episode, you know, or looking into the video game for the episode, I forgot all about the seashells. Yeah, that gives you the like the a more powered up sword or yep. something, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, you I have to. I think you have that. to collect like twenty of them to get it. And I think there are twenty two total. I could be mistaken on the number. It sounds right. It's been though. a minute. Yeah. I. Yeah, no, it, I I remember having fun finding them all, and like the 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 world is that you're in is fairly expansive. Yeah. for the Game Boy, you know, I mean, it's not like uh, Link to the Past where there's the two separate worlds, you know, the light world and the dark world. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's big. You know, yeah. there's a lot to it. There's a bunch of uh, random areas that are stuffed off to the side that are maybe only five or six screens, but. They're they're expansive. They're very large. Mm-hmm. Um, I and, really appreciated with the map that it was like tile based, and so each screen was an individual tile on the map. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. That was a really neat way of going about it, which led to some great glitches. Oh yeah, that's right. You can play around with the game like yes, by uh, uh, jumping back and forth or uh, something to that effect, isn't uh, it? So if you and this is one of the earliest glitches I've done, and it's very rare that I play through this game anymore without doing this, because uh-huh. some of the later dungeons are just a pain in the neck. Um, but you can, uh, as soon as you activate the screen slide, if you hit select to bring up your map, and you do the the, the next thing, the, sh- the screen will have shifted, but Link is still in the same spot he was before you pulled up the map. So if you had a locked door that you needed to get past, you could start the screen to move, hit select, time freeze the screen would move and you'd be on the opposite side of the next room oh so you could skip past locked doors yes oh you could skip right past enemies you could skip right past bosses wow yeah that's 
really interesting. Yeah, but it was also dangerous because if you jump to a spot where there was nothing, your game just was like, nah, don't know what you're doing. Nice try, buddy. Yeah, you would be you'd just be stuck in a spot where your only option was to dive off and you couldn't like move backwards or sometimes if there wasn't a door there Mm -hmm. you'd get stuck in the wall and you couldn't do anything and then the game is over you have to go back to the last save Mm -hmm. and i i mean that was sort of one of the the downfalls of the i mean even just old zelda games in general is saving was kind of a pain you know i feel like it was one of those things where like if 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 you save the game you also are turning it off yeah so you wouldn't save until you were done playing so if you played an awful lot of stuff well, and then you're SOL. You yeah. know, you lost all the, what you did, you know. The real dangerous part was doing that screen jumping glitch in the caves. Yeah. Because like all, all the different caves are connected. Like, if you look oh. at, like, a flat screen, they're all, like, kind of like uh, the glitch had mentioned on the episode he was with. You can go in Link's Awakening, and or, or not Link's Awakening, uh, Link to the Past, and all the dungeons and everything are all laid out, like, on one thing so every time you go into a door it just teleports you to a different part of this large giant flat map oh i see so everything's sort of connected when it comes to the dungeons like yeah. to the past and so all the caves in Link's awakening are the same where it's just one yeah. giant cave structure and there were a bunch of like to add effect to the way the caves looked there were spots where like the the floor would crumble if you walked through and those would be up on the ceiling if you will if yeah. you're taking a bird's eye view and if you were walking through the those caves you could get to a point where you go over there and you go to the next screen and you may have walked on a on a faulty tile and then just like are continually falling until you die. Oh, that's depressing. Yeah. So it's a pretty risky glitch. Yeah. But it also is a, a huge time saver in instances like you want to get from the main island over to the area where like the animal village is. Normally you'd have to go back a couple screens, go down underground and go through and then come back up another staircase. Yeah. Or you could just jump right over the river real quick. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, that's absolutely easier. So there are times when it was like, I just don't want to go through all that and fight all those enemies for no reason again. Switch my items, you know, all those different things. Yeah. I think that was one of the, um, speaking of items, uh, that just dawned on me. One of the real interesting things I thought about Link's Awakening was that your sword was an item. Mm Mm-hmm. Your sword and shield, you could like put on like a bomb and a boomerang, uh-huh. and you don't have your sword or shield. Yep, you can run around without them. In fact, there's I think parts of the game where you sort of have to for different puzzles and stuff. Yeah, there are times where you have to have the uh, the Pegasus boots and the uh, shield rocks or feather or rocks feather. Yeah, that's right. So you can do the running jump. Yep. Yeah, I felt like that was really interesting. And In the first Zelda game where you, where Link could jump. Yeah. One of the few. He can well, jump no, I in. guess not the first because uh, Link's Awake or Link's Adventure. Dirt. Oh yeah, I guess he jumps in that. But as far as tar- top-down yeah. yeah. games go, yeah, yeah, I'm still right. Dang it, yeah, right. I, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, uh, I, I always thought that was kind of weird. And when I was younger, I, w- I was, I always was like, well, why did they do that? That's stupid. They didn't have enough buttons. Yeah, that's ma- the main reason yeah. why. Good old original Brick Game Boy had oh, yeah, directions up, down, left, right, start, select, B and A. Yep, it had two regular buttons. Mm-hmm. It was it was a brick. Yeah, just a giant hunk of plastic. Mm-hmm. Oh man, are you kids these days with your controllers that have sixteen buttons? Lucky little pieces. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> anyway, I uh, now here's a question, Sander. What was your favorite item, like favorite weapon, aside from like the sword and shield? I would say. Um, I I almost always had rocks feather equipped. Did you? I, I just like jumping over things and cutting corners and stuff like that. Trying to find my way to jump over the random holes that were in the ground. 
you don't get it until later, but the boomerang is super broken boomerang in this is game. Totally broken. It is awesome. <laughs> it is so amazing. The boomerang is so good. It does so much damage. Like every other Zelda game, they, they you know, you, it, it stuns somebody. It stuns them. Yeah, no big deal. Maybe it does slight damage to certain enemies, yeah. like in the first Zelda game. But in this, it's just like a whirlwind of destruction. Mm-hmm. It's just pure pain. It does so much damage. I loved it. I also really liked the hook shot. Oh, the hook shot's always fun. Yeah. It's hard to go wrong with the hook shot. Yeah. I don't remember when do you, I mean, you get the hook shot pretty late in this one, right? Um, I want to say it's like halfway through. Oh, okay. So halfway through. That's not so bad then. I could, no, I could be mistaken. I, it might be a little bit later now that I'm thinking about it because you need it to explore the tall, tall mountains. Yeah. So it's, you need to get through quite a bit. So it might be like the last two thirds or something. Yeah. I, uh, uh, or last third of the game or something like that. I, uh, I I I think that's one of my beefs with some of the Zelda games. It's like they give you the hook shot, like one of the last dungeons. And it's like, I could have been having so much more fun yeah. using the hook shot all throughout this game. But now I've got it in like the last two dungeons. Ooh, mm-hmm. whoop-dee-doo. That's a shame. Um uh, what else was I gonna say? I I was gonna it was gonna be a brilliant groundbreaking question and now i've done forgot what it was my genius is lost forever that's a shame it is <laughs> are we talking about the music yeah i guess we can talk about the music now <laughs> who was it who, who composed this one it was a koji kondo it was not koji kondo the music was done by two people minako uh, hamano uh and kozue ishikawa Okay. Hamano worked on many of the Metroid games, including Super Metroid. Took uh, over for uh, Hirokazu Tanaka. Mm-hmm. Uh, has even worked on the newest Samus Returns. Uh, and then Ishikawa actually hasn't worked on much lately. Ishikawa worked on like uh, Super Mario Land 3, Wario Land, and then Wario Land 2 and Wario Land 3. And that's about it. Like That was where her work uh, ended. I. Uh, and I will say, it's a surprisingly large soundtrack for the yeah. Game Boy. There's a lot of tracks. They're not especially long, for the yeah. most part. Extremely memorable, though. Oh, yeah. There are times when I'm, when I'm trying to hum the main Legend of Zelda theme, and I constantly go into the overworld from this game. <laughs> it's it's different. Like, it starts... It sounds like it's going to start the same as it always does, but it changes it up and, and does it in a different way. And, uh, I mean, the fact that it was done by people who weren't Koji Kondo is sort of, you know, the testament to that. Yeah. Uh, do we uh, have that song uh, ready to roll? Yep, the overworld theme. Yeah, yeah. Got it right here. I just really like the the way it changes up. It has the classic theme there. 
but then it kind of goes into that extra little tail bit that I really like, and I'm and it's kind of a bummer that it was never brought back to any other Zelda games. Yeah, they they reuse a lot of the music, and I'm sure it's because Koji Kondo is the one doing most of the music, yeah. and so he's bringing his own music back. I, uh, but yeah, it's a shame because the the music in this game is really fresh, you know, and and it's because it wasn't done by Koji Kondo, you know, it mm-hmm. was done by a, a different team tackling his music. But maybe it was a team that was a little bit more suited to knowing how the Game Boy's soundboard worked. Because really, what did Koji Kondo do before this on the Game Boy? Uh, not much. Um, uh, he, we've mentioned his name before, but Hirokazu Tanaka was actually one of the lead designers on the Game Boy sound chip. So oh. what Koji Kondo did for the NES, Hip Tanaka did for the Game Boy. I got you. That's yeah. why like Tetris, Mario Land, all the big like big starting up Game Boy games. We're all hip Tanaka. I see. And then that's why Koji Kondo didn't really have much to do with it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's weird to think of a Zelda game without Kondo's music because he's just, I mean, he's always been the Legend of Zelda music guy. But I mean, Link's Awakening, which was at that time, there were only what? Three other Zelda games. Yep. You know, so at this at that time. There was a quarter of the Zelda games out there that Koji Kondo didn't do. It's true. You know? I mean, obviously, that's, you know, formula's changed a bit these days. But, uh, but yeah, no, they they uh, they did an awesome job. Uh, Ishikawa and uh, uh, Minano. Uh, so or Hamano, sorry. What's, uh, what, what would you say is your favorite song? My favorite song is probably... Uh, it, I'm torn. I, I really like two different themes. Okay. But the, the first one that comes to my mind is Telltale Heights. Okay, Tall Tall Heights, or Tall Tall Mountain Range, uh, and we'll play that one here. like a I don't know, like it feels like tense yeah kind of like it has a dangerous feel to it like like yeah Link you've been wandering around in grasslands for a while and that was cute but you're Welcome in the mountains the now, mountains now <laughs> boy you in telltale mountain range boy please don't make it that dangerous I'm really not <laughs> why don't you come on over here Tell me all about how you got to And that's the point when Link used his hook shot and <laughs> flew away from the guy. But yeah, no, it's it's an awesome theme. I really dig it. Yeah. Just listening to it more, I'm sorry. <laughs> so good. Now, Xander, what's uh what would you say is your favorite on the the soundtrack? Or one of your favorites? Uh I mean surprising no one, it's the weirdo fish thing. <laughs> That sounds right. Um, I used to... So I had this old uh, radio. Mm-hmm. This old like cassette player radio yeah. you know, combo that I could record things like from the radio. But I also realized it had a microphone in it. So I could put my Game Boy up to it with the speaker and record. I had a soundtrack of yours made, uh, made on that thing. Yeah. Um, 
so I used to do like the uh, a lot of the Game Boy music because I didn't have another. I mean, most video game music I didn't have a way to record, but Game Boy was easiest because I could just hold it right up to the microphone. Oh yeah. Um. So like the stuff uh, like Mario Land Two Legend of, or the the six golden coins, the credits theme to that song or the credits uh-huh. song to that game one of my favorite songs and I would just like play it over and over again. You recorded it? And I would record it and I would let it play for like five minutes and I'd just sit there and listen to it like for five minutes at a time. And unfortunately this song is only like 27 seconds but I do it, I did it to this song too. Um, so there are three different songs you can get in the game um, that you learn on your ocarina. There's a song from Marin yep. um, which is the Ballad of the Windfish. Mm-hmm. There's a song from pretty much Wart. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, I mean, it's Wart. Let's yeah, be honest. He looks just like Wart. Uh, and he sings this really weird song that wakes the dead or something like that. Oh, it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's I like, don't remember that one as well. I remember like, Wart gives it to you. And I think it like is supposed to wake the dead. I could there, be wrong. There are, there's some sort of reason to play it, and I don't yeah. remember what it is. I mean, there are a, there's a, quite a big segment in the game where you are dealing with like a ghost and stuff. So yeah, and, and, the, and the rooster from the. That helps you kind of travel around. Oh yeah, huh. I think that's where you have to play it. Is is for that anyway? Maybe, yeah. Um, and then there's Mambo's Mambo, the fish thing. Yeah, and all it does is take you to one specific spot on the map. <laughs> yep. And it's outside of the the crazy witch doctor, uh, her like hut. Oh yeah. Where you can get the the health replenishing, uh, um. Potions. potions yeah 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 that and that and she gives it to you so that when you lose all your hearts you get full hearts back and then she also like fills up your heart so anytime you're in a, in a bind you can just play mambo's song and then get to that little spot and then get your your uh potion and you're good to go mm-hmm. but the song that they play it's like it's this fish with two other smaller fish and they just do this dance and every time that like every time the song goes do 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 his little eyes would go like to the front to the back to the bottom to the front like just it's dumb, but I loved it. And you can only hear it one time in the in the game unless you like save your game beforehand and just go in and, and do it over and over again. Right. Which is the main reason why I would record it so I can listen to it over and over again. Uh, and this is Mambo's Mambo here. Song's going. Xander's pointing in the direction where the eyes would go. I'm afraid you guys missed that. And all the fish would like throw their fins forward for the final hook. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice little catchy song. Yeah. It's 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 a really yeah. It's I mean the soundtrack in in general of that game is just so wonderfully charming. And I mean it's Game Boy. It's a more limited soundboard, yeah. you know. But it, they still pulled off some magic with this one. Yeah. Well, I think we can both agree. I mean this will jump into um, the Ballad of the Windfish, mm-hmm. but it also leads into the credits, which are, again, just like some of the Game Boy credit music is just so good. Yeah, in fact, I feel like the credit music is almost always like the best song in each of like like the primary Nintendo games. Yeah. Like uh, uh, Mario Land's credit music, uh, you know, this one. You had mentioned the golden uh, six golden coins, Mario Land 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, this song in particular, the, the ending in the credit roll, I... Uh, is really great, and when we chat about the ending towards the end of the episode here, uh, it'll be nice that you have this, you know, sort of, uh, uh, you know, have heard this. Yeah. 
Um, so this is the credits theme. Again, it's going to play the Ballad of the Windfish, which is like the main theme of the song or the main theme of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then shortly after that, it'll go into the credits. So this is going to be a bit of a, a lengthy play, but just bear with us. It's worth it. So it should be noted while this intro part's playing, you have to play the Ballad of the Windfish to wake it up. That also wakes up Link. Yes. And this is kind of Link waking up and realizing he's been in a dream. At this point in the game, Link is just sitting on a log in the middle of the ocean, watching the credits roll by. Yep. Who knows how he gets home? We'd like to think he does, though. Nobody! That's who! <laughs> now, uh... The, uh, uh... The ending, uh... Sort of involves, like, an... Uh... An early childhood memory of mine. Uh... Which, you know, like I said, I definitely want to touch on. But, uh... There's another song in the game that has a little bit of interest... And it actually involves a lot of the history of the game, if you're ready for this one, Xander. Okay. So, the game engine for Link's Awakening wasn't original. Okay. Well, you did mention it was supposed to be a uh, um, a port, if you will, of Link's Awakening, so that's not too surprising. Ah, but it's not... that that Even the, the game engine itself, though, it was used to be the Link to the Past, you know, port, but it wasn't made for that. It okay. was originally stolen from a game in uh, from Nintendo that never left Japan, called The Frog for Whom the Bell Tolls. Okay. So this really weird top-down adventure game used automatic RPG battles. Like, you'd bump into enemies that were on the, this overworld, and it would just automatically play out the battle, depending on your stats. Okay. So you would see, like, a, 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 like a cartoony... Like cloud of smoke with like limbs and stuff coming out of it, like they were fighting, mm-hmm. and then like you would see your health like slowly drop, and there was no strategy; it was just all stat based. And uh, so this weird, you know, automatic RPG game that was like an action adventure game, I uh, involved this uh, prince named Richard, okay, who's in this game, Link's Awakening. 
Uh, it involved this prince who who wanted to like save this princess, and so Prince Richard isn't the main character. He's actually the rival to the main character, who's like better at swordsmanship or something like that. And like both of these princes get turned into frogs, and all these like zany antics happen. Uh, but uh, in Link's Awakening. Prince Richard is in the game. He's been yeah. like booted out of his castle. And there's a bunch of frogs. And there's a bunch of frogs, exactly, in his hut. And uh, basically, you have to like get these golden leaves from his castle in order yeah. for him to like give you this key that you need to advance in the game. Uh, but uh, the theme in his home is the main theme to the game. Okay. And uh, if you can, Xander, go ahead and uh, give that a play. Here we go. Uh, this is uh, Richard's Villa. From Link's Awakening. Sounds very familiar. That is uh, uh, from a composer, the one who composed for the frog, the, the frog for whom the bell tolls, mm-hmm. uh, whose name you'll be a little more familiar with is uh, Totaka's uh, uh, theme. Oh yeah, uh, Kazumi Totaka. Yes, he did the music for like Animal Crossing and like a bunch of other games, right? Uh, so he was the composer for a game called X, uh, Mario Paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Mario Land Two, Six Golden Coins, Tetris, and Doctor Mario. The for um, for SNES. Uh, Virtual Boys, Wario Land, Wave Race 64, Yoshi oh, Story, wow. um, Mario Artist, which I'm assuming was uh, Japan only. Uh, yeah, it's nothing I'm familiar with. Uh, another game that I skipped over because it's got a Japanese title, which I'm assuming is the the Prince Richard or whatever is the the Kiro no Tame Niki, uh, Kane Wanaru. Yes, that would be the frog for whom the bell tolls. There we go. Please pardon my horrible Japanese pronunciation. You weren't too bad. Uh, here's one uh-huh. um, that I wish was a. I want to know what it is and I want to play it called Machop at Work. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, Luigi's Mansion. And another game that uh, is along the same lines of Machop at Work is Kingler's Day. <laughs> I want to know more about that as well. Uh, Animal Crossing, Yoshi Touch and Go, Animal Crossing Wild World, Default Wii Channels. Ooh. Uh, Wii Sports, uh, Kenku Uin Recipe 1000. Not as familiar with that That's one. A, yeah, it's a Japanese uh, DS game. Xscape, Wii Sports Club, Yoshi's Woolly World. He was responsible for the main theme only. Hmm. Uh, Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer, and Pucci and Yoshi's Woolly World, again, the main theme only. He's done a lot of music, a lot of great music, and he always, not always, but tries to slip in that Totaka's theme that we heard at the end of that song, Mm-hmm. Uh, he's slipped that into like, uh, of course, a lot of his Animal Crossing songs, uh, and even Mario Paint. Yep. So uh, Tataka's song is a short 19-note tune hidden in almost every game he's written music for. 
Uh, it was first discovered on the title screen for Mario Paint. If you click the letter O, you'll hear it. Because, you know, on the Mario Paint, you can click any of the letters. And Not the letter T? Nope. Hmm. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, but it was uh, a later discovered to have originated in the Game Boy game X. Oh, which predates Mario Party by about two months. Or Mario Paint? Um, yeah, Mario Paint. Mario I'm sorry. Paint. No, that's cool. Uh, so, Chotaka Song has... Uh, well, I'll play a couple different versions for you. Oh, yeah. Um, so, this is Chotaka Song from... We've already heard the one from Link's Awakening... This is from Mario Paint when you click the letter O. And that's the first time I ever heard it. Yeah, that was certainly the first time I heard it. And the next time I, I, I caught it mm-hmm. uh, was in Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could, I mean, in Animal Crossing, we'll talk about another time at, at much much greater length because oh, yeah. there's so much to be said about that game. Um, there's a character named uh, K.K. Slider. Or, <laughs> that guy's awesome. Or Totokeke, as he's also known. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, get it? I do. Um and he will take requests. You can just walk up to him on a Saturday night and say, hey, just play whatever, and he'll give you a random song. Or if you know the names of the songs, he'll he'll play them specifically. Oh, yeah, yeah. There were three that were uh, specific. You wouldn't be able to get them at all unless you knew that they were in the game and you typed them in specifically. Oh, One right. of them was called I Love You, I believe. That Another one right. was called um, Lucky, uh, Lucky KK. That sounds. I think that sounds familiar. And then KK song. Ah, yes, KK song. And this is KK's song from Animal Crossing. had some weird voice effects it really did animalese is a weird language and these songs were playing over the credits oh yeah that's how you got to see the credits in animal crossing was by listening to his music and they would play the credits as it did his song and so this one was you know pretty much the lamest one But you can't so not weird. smile. Yeah, you can't not smile while you're listening to it. And I always like to put that record on in my uh, in my character's house because <laughs> it's mildly creepy. Yeah, just so weird. And and, and like, like I said, I thought I was onto something. I'm the only person who recognized that this was in Mario Paint. You know. But uh, yeah, I really I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So uh, so the game uh, Link's Awakening, uh, the the engine itself. And now obviously a lot of changes were made. Uh, but was from that uh, the frog for whom the bell tolls and what's interesting is in the frog for whom the bell tolls all of the dungeons are become side scrollers oh, which, like, is, which is what happens in uh, Link's Awakening in some of the dungeons mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, well, well, that's that's, the, that's lot, the really but... profound thing I was going to say earlier is I really enjoyed how the, the side scroll then it happened for a reason yeah, the the side scrolling uh, feature was essentially the main part of another Nintendo game, and so they just were like, "Well, we've got this; it's already programmed, so let's do it." That's a real bummer that that didn't come come to America. Then, I would have liked to have played that. There are uh, ways to like because uh, uh, teams have translated it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the 
the the game didn't come to America mostly for the fact that it had like kind of a an experimental battle system. Yeah. And it was the fact that uh uh it was it had a lot of like weird humor. Like a lot of weird humor you say. <laughs> right? I feel like you would appreciate it, but it's it was a very like Japanese style humor game. And so I mean nowadays I think I would appreciate it. I think maybe yeah. if I was a kid I, I might not have, you know. But I uh, but nowadays I feel like, you know, I'm a little more hip to that. So yeah. you know, it would be it would be sort of fun to to be able to go through it. I've actually considered playing the game, but the battle system doesn't really look that fun to be honest. <laughs> well, you don't do anything. <laughs> right. Um, so this game also when you get to the to the final dungeon, uh, you have to have read a book inside one of the random libraries to know which way to go. Oh yeah. It's like left up up right up up left right left up or something so, like that. It's something like that. Yeah, the the directions to get to the final boss are in the library of the game. Yeah. It's really obscure. Like it's it was really really tough to find because, you know, by the end of the game you're not thinking about the library from the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um and another really cool thing and uh in the the final battle was uh it would take on forms like the final battle form would take on uh, roles of like Aghanim yep. from uh, from Link's Awakening, Ganon from Link's Awakening, um, and then there was the final form where it was just like it had like these long arms that would constantly like wave at you. Yep, you needed the the rock's feather to avoid and. It just changed form like three or four times. It was a really, really fun battle. It really was. It was a fun one. It was, uh, I feel like it was sort of the precursor to the like, you know, multi-formed final bosses that eventually kind of dominated the Zelda series, Mm -hmm. you know, because uh, before then it was always just canon. That was it, you know, or or in Link's Adventure, Shadow Link, Dark Link, you know. So yeah, there weren't a lot of multiple forms in any of the other you know games and so i feel like this is the one where nintendo was like oh wow yeah that was awesome let's just keep doing that yeah because i i want to say one of the forms was the worm from link to the past the moldworm or so whatever that like spins around the screen you have to hit its tail i can't remember if that was in the final boss or if that was the first i think that was the the boss in the tail cave oh maybe that's it then I do. It may have. It may have um, reprised its appearance. role. Yeah, that, they, that thing's in, in all. Of, yeah, that's true. A lot of Zelda games. Now here's a, a bonus little uh, uh, riddle for you, Xander. Do you know the name of the final boss? Uh, it's Nightmare, isn't it? He is a nightmare, but he is not named Nightmare. Hmm. No, I don't remember. His name is Dethel. D e t h l. Oh, okay. Dethel. No, I didn't know that. I only knew that from Nintendo Power Magazine, I think, nice. but I double-checked online to make sure. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, no, it, the final boss battle is awesome, and the boomerang utterly destroys the <laughs> final form. It's like two shots, and it's gone. Wow. Two, three, something like that. One of my favorite um, aspects of this game mm-hmm. uh, is just a random side quest, but I really enjoyed like finding all the stuff. The item training? The bartering system. The yeah, bar- where you... <laughs> yes. And you have to find the people who are just like randomly asking like, oh, my kid really wants a Yoshi's doll. Oh, you got the Yoshi doll. Great. Here's a bow. Who do you need to give the bow to? Oh, this dog that wishes it was pretty. (laughs) Which is also a chain chomp. Yeah, it's a chain chomp. (laughs) And then now now it's super excited and it gives you something else. And you go on. Like dog food or something. Yeah, dog food. And you give it to some guy who's like this uh, alligator who's starving who gives you bananas. Who you give the bananas to the monkeys who build a bridge and they leave a stick. You take the stick. 
uh, to Taryn, who's trying to get honey out of the tree, and bees <laughs> attack right. him, and you get the honeycomb. You take the honey to like it's it's nuts how far it goes through the game. It really does, you but have, it's a lot of fun. You inevitably like help a mermaid out. Yep. Uh, you you like help a painter out. There's so many random oddball characters that you help out, and I'm pretty sure I might be crazy, but isn't that how you get the boomerang? It might be. I think that's how you get the boomerang. I think finally the final person gives you like the greatest weapon in the game. Yep, makes it all worth it. It really does. But yeah, that was fun. That was a neat little system. And the bartering system, I don't feel like it was ever as fleshed out as uh, Link's Awakening, but I feel like other Zelda games have at least sort of kind of had similar things. Yeah, but not quite to the extent of like traveling almost through the entire game. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it, I mean, let's face it. If you didn't decide to get that Yoshi doll at the beginning for the baby, yeah, it doesn't trigger anything else. So it's just you don't ever do that. Well, you do, and it actually it kind of bones you over because you need that bridge. Oh, maybe you do have to do it then. Yeah, or is there a way around it? I mean, the the I I don't think there I don't think there technically is because I think you have to have the monkeys to to get you that area where you get the that to Richard's castle. Maybe that is. Maybe you do need to at least get to the bartering system to the monkeys, and then from there you can ignore it or get the best weapon in the game. Yeah. Best non-sword weapon in the game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else on uh, Link's Awakening you want to touch on? Yeah. You know, there is. Uh, I actually, uh, before I chat about uh, my memories uh, of the game, are there any, like, I don't know, early memories you have of the game in particular? Uh, I borrowed the game originally from our friend Matt Florkowski. Oh, did when you? I was, yeah, when I was taking a trip down to Indiana to visit some family. And I remember that was pretty much the only thing I did that entire trip right. was play Zelda. That's pretty great. And when I got my, my Game Boy Pocket, um, I got the, it was packaged with my my system oh nice it came with the system itself. That yeah. was, that's a, I mean, that's like one of the best Game Boy games. So you made out like yeah. a bandit. Now... I actually have uh, uh, some pretty cliche memories for the game, like a few, and then there's something in, uh, involving the ending I wanted to touch on. Okay. But uh, a lot of my early memories of this game come from me driving out to either my grandparents out in the country, which is like an hour and a half drive, Onstead, Michigan, if you're familiar with it. Nice town. Welcome to the internet. I know what's new there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also... I, I took a lot of trips back then uh, down south to Kentucky uh, to visit family, which, once again, we know the Internet's new down there. So, you know, welcome to the Internet. <laughs> but uh, I I would use streetlight because I didn't own uh, like an add-on light. So I would wait until we were under streetlight, play for a little bit, pause. Play for a split second? <laughs> well, you know, some when you're going fast enough, the you know, they're popping, yeah. you know, popping a lot quicker. But I... Uh, but yeah, so like, you know, when it was like long stretches of like dark roads, I'd have to like turn the game off or whatever or, or you know, just pray that I don't run out of batteries. Right. Or like I think sometimes I had a flashlight and I would like, you know, hold it under my shoulder and like play. Yeah, that's a weird thing about the original Game Boy is the power light was on so long as you had power. Mm-hmm. It didn't really indicate that you were running low on power. It just shut off. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was super i mean like you know nowadays we you know they warn you when your batteries are low yeah I mean, let's face it it's not battery operated anymore all the new handheld systems are power you know charged and stuff you know yeah. so it's, it's it's just funny like 
I almost, hope these batteries are good. <laughs> well, the red lights on. I guess we're all right. Well, heck, uh, if you recall, uh, uh, a big thing back in the like, I feel like it was maybe mid to late '90s, but was that you could like hold the yeah. batteries and it would like let you know how much power they had. Good old Duracell. Yeah, they they don't bother to do that anymore. No. I mean, who's really using batteries? No one bothers these days? to use batteries anymore, yeah, right? I. Uh, but I uh, another memory. I have is a little bit more of a, a slightly depressing one, but I feel like it's probably one that's familiar to most gamers out there. I uh, now to to God, does this involve a girl? No, it does not. Okay, <laughs> it is not me ruining another girl's life. Um, no, no, no. Okay, well, it's family, but but I guess that doesn't they count. count. Yeah, no. So in order to to you know give you a frame for the story. You know, I have to kind of spoil the ending, which we've already done, so no big deal there. Uh, basically, you know, Link goes through this whole game. He befriends this girl, uh, Marin, uh, and like, there's a, a lot of scenes in the game where, like, you, you, you know, she saves you on the beach in the first place. You end up like having a conversation with her uh, on the beach where she talks about how she wishes she was like uh, could become a seagull and like fly all around the world and like sing for other people and like make them happy. Uh, you end up escorting her to like this village of animals who want to hear her sing. You save her on the mountain, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when she's like trying to find the windfish to make this wish, uh, which is especially depressing when you find out that when the windfish wakes up, everything vanishes, mm-hmm. including Marin. Yep, she gone. She gone. Maybe we'll get to that in a second. But when I first beat this as a kid, I was actually at a family party. Uh, and it was a little bit stuffy, you know, one of those family parties where everyone's dressed a little nicer than normal. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, uh, for my family, it was a Greek Easter. Okay. Uh, so you have regular Easter on like the standard date, but like the Orthodox Church, the Greek Orthodox Church celebrates it on a different day. So it was like a separate Easter party. And it was, like I said, real stuffy. But so I'm off to the side playing this game and I actually got to the it's end. when Jesus comes back and he's like all hairy and like wants to have like... Euros. <laughs> well, like, do you blame them? <laughs> I know Everybody I don't. Everybody on the sixth day, Jesus came to party. <laughs> I mean, do you blame them? Euros are great. <coughs> Sorry to our Greek listeners. <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you. I'm a quarter Greek. So, anywho, I, I coincidentally was at the end of this game right around the time we were having this party, and I beat the game. When I was there. Mm-hmm. And everything in this universe vanishes. And I had a hand in destroying this fictional world. And it was a really weird feeling where it was like I was partly reve- relieved that I like beat the game. And I was like really excited I did that. But I also destroyed an entire island of people that I became friends with. And so it was this really kind of weird, depressing moment where I, I had, even back then I realized I can't tell anybody about this. Like, what, they don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't care about my games anyway. They're not talking to me at this family party. <laughs> I'm like the black sheep of the family. Uncle Billy. <laughs> no, not Uncle Billy's side. I oh, kind of okay. wish Uncle Billy was involved. <laughs> he would have appreciated it. But uh, but yeah, it was this really weird moment where I just sort of thought to myself, wow, I nobody has any inkling. I can't like I can't discuss this with anyone. There's nobody that will appreciate this as I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you walked outside in your depression. At that time, a seagull flew overhead, and you thought it was real. No, I wish it was real. There were no seagulls Mary, to be you seen. Didn't leave me. 
But here's the thing. There is actually a true ending to the game. By not dying once Mm. and going through the whole game and beating it, uh, in the original version, you see Marin at the very end, like the the end screen, uh, with like wings. It's just her sprite with like wings, and she's like sings for a moment, mm-hmm. or it's like the animation of her singing. But in the DX version, it's actually a little fancier. In the DX version, when Link looks up to the sky, right at the end, you see the image, like the character sprite model uh, of her face, sort of fade away, and you see a seagull flap away, mm-hmm. and so somehow. With the true ending, Link's dreams got a wish, and it manifested. I mean, you know, this is a world with a Triforce that grants any wish you want. Right. So whatever, it doesn't really matter. But I always thought, I thought later when I heard about that, that was interesting. I died quite a few times when I first played through because I was a you know, kid and didn't really know what I was doing. Right. But uh, yeah, uh, but no, that's the true ending to the game. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think I ever knew that. You're welcome. Then again, I also jumped through walls and died quite a bit, so... <laughs> Well, yeah, once again, it, it comes with the territory. But yeah, it's, it's uh, again, uh, Link's Awakening is, I would probably say, in my top three of The Legend of Zelda games. They might be for me as well. It's it's really good. It's, I, I would say, probably the best handheld Legend of Zelda game, yeah, at least. Minish Camp, very close behind, though. Ooh, there's also Link Between Worlds. Oh, yeah. Like, I, see, I always forget about Link Between Worlds it's as so a handheld new. title. Yeah. yeah, it's a handheld, and it's great. Mind oh, you, it's man. a little too new to be chatting about, but uh, but it's basically a remix version of Link to the Past. Yeah, I don't know which one I like better, to be honest with you. <laughs> right? The results, they're all three are really good. Yeah. But at the very least, I mean, you got to think, Link's Awakening is still in the running with those other games. Yeah. And that says a lot, you know, because it's it's so good. It's And it's also one of the more unique Legend mm-hmm. of Zelda games, you know, and not necessarily in a bad way. Yeah. Because, you know, you have like the uniqueness of Oracles of Age of Seasons, which are, right. which are still good. Yeah, they're, they're, just, they're just not as good. They're the worst handheld Zelda games. Yeah, I but would that's say only so. because the other the other options are, like we said, Minish Cap, Minish Cap, Link's Awakening, and Link, Link Between, Between Worlds. Worlds. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the the more unique Zelda games really kind of usually at least are the more unloved ones. Yeah, you know, Link's Adventure. The CDI game. We don't talk about those. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, Link's Awakening is all just so good. I, if you have not played it, you definitely it's like should. like five bucks on the eShop channel. Just yeah. go do it. Yeah, if you have a 3DS and you've never played this game, you're it's a crime. Yeah. You, you you should be drug out in the street and forced to purchase this game. Yeah, you're, you're really doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. We can't recommend, recommend it enough. enough. Truer words have never been spoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll wrap up our uh, our thoughts on uh, Link's Awakening, and then we'll uh, jump right into our Retro Relapse for this week. Jones in for a classic game? It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Mega Man Soccer. Yeah, Mega Man Soccer. I found this game the same time as Mega Man X. Wow. Yep. I remember going into the, the the rental shop and seeing both of them. I'm like, there's two new Mega Man games I didn't know about. How is it that you you perpetually are given access to two games? To greatness and garbage at the same time? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No, I would not say uh, yeah, that. Yeah, Mega Man soccer is not garbage. It's not garbage. It's just real close to it. It's trash. Now, we had a very unfortunate match 
uh, in the sense that our care, like, so in Mega Man Soccer, it's it's a traditional soccer game for the most part. Yeah, I would say pass. Your because your Mega Man characters, you have power shots, so you can hit the uh, the right button and your shot at the same time, and it'll shoot a special that'll turn the soccer ball into a special move, uh, which most of the time will destroy the goalie or get around the goalie in some <laughs> mm-hmm. way or another. Um, and it's all based on the character that you choose. Now, you can't choose every single Robot Master, but you can choose from a healthy chunk of them. Yeah, there's a decent amount. And it's uh, Mega Man 1 through 4. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, 5 and 6 weren't there. I don't know if the game was made before 5 and 6 were made. That seems unlikely, but it's possible. Yeah, we didn't double-check that, but I, I can't imagine. Anchor was in it. Anchor was from the first Mega Man game on the Game Boy. Oh. But anyway... Huh. Um, but it it randomizes the colors of your characters, and we yes. both got like the same colored characters, and we both had Gemini Man on our team. Well, what's worse is I had, uh, I think it was you had Gemini Man as offense, and I had Gemini Man as defense, yeah. and so it was just nothing but Gemini Man running were, around. And one was gold, and one was like copper, <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was like a very stupid. yeah, it was a very very close color, so it was kind of hard to tell the two apart. Um, but I've played this a lot recently. I actually played it with a friend of mine not too long ago, and we we really enjoyed it. Like I I've had a lot of fun with it. I've, I'm interested to go back and try like tournament mode, like the single player mode, mm-hmm. and see how well I fare against the the computer, which I'm sure will just wreck me. Probably. But I had a lot of fun with it. I I never played this when I was younger. I have no nostalgic feelings for it, except for the fact that I really enjoy Mega Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, in some cases, you know, uh, you just you know, when when they use the property you enjoy, you just think, "Wow, Needle Man must be rolling over in his grave." You really didn't like this, <laughs> did you? It wasn't that. Bad. I mean, you also scored on yourself twice, so it's hard to have fun when you're losing that bad. It, it, I just feel like it was kind of clunky controls. I feel like if the controls were a little tighter, I didn't score on myself. Then again, the ball never made it over to my zone. Yo. I scored on you once. Once. Listen, you won because I helped you win. How do you feel about that? <laughs> and the one time you scored was with a with a snake shot from halfway across the map. <laughs> Dude, you should have blocked that. That was on you. <laughs> that was absolutely on you. Uh, whatever. I just feel like the 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 controls are a little clunky and you know, I, I just feel like if if you choose Gemini Man, I should not be allowed to be able to choose Gemini Man. Yeah. And perhaps that's a hindsight's twenty twenty thing. You know, maybe I should have just noticed you had him and just you know decided against. I think it. it's. I think they base it on who your goalie is and what color they are. As weird as that sounds. Oh well, what's weird is my goalie was Top Man, who's orange, but he was a like green, right? Yeah, your Top Man was orange or was green. But the rest of your team was like a weird yellowish orange. <laughs> it's really weird, man. And my goalie was Pharaoh Man, which doesn't really help things because no, he's also doesn't. kind of a yellowish orange. Mm-hmm. But he was also green. That's weird. Are yeah. all goalies green? Maybe I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like when I've had uh, Blues as as goalie, he's been blue. Oh, but who knows? It's weird. not a perfect soccer game, but it was fun for what it was what it was meant to be. I I think that it, it's it's a, a decent soccer game. Uh, I think it's a little weird that they just sort of like slapped, you know, Mega Man sprites over everything. Uh, I, I think it adds a certain charm to it. Like the the in the crowd in the background, you see like a lot of the enemies, like Mets and yeah. stuff, you know, uh, you know, like cheering and stuff. So I mean, the the game's definitely got its charm. It's just 
why did they think Mega Man and soccer? I don't know. I mean, I guess football is is a super popular sport around the world. So. Mega Man hockey. I Mega call Man Iceman baseball. I call Iceman Freeze Man and Cold Man. Uh, for baseball? No, for the hockey game. Who do you call for baseball? For baseball, I'm going to call, uh, what was the one who played sports in uh, Mega Man 9? Strike Man. Strike Man. Yeah, yeah of course. course. Strike Man. I was curious to see if you'd remember that one. Uh-huh. I'd have Hard Man as my umpire. I would. I would take Turbo Man because I like to cheat. Okay. I, then I would take Nitro Man. That's not fair. Why not? Your guy turns into a car. Mine turns into a motorcycle. Well, shut up. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about for American football? Who, for American, because uh, that's who I want. Hard when I want Hard Man. That guy's huge. Air Man. Oh, Air Man would be pretty good. Top Man would probably throw a wicked spiral. I would probably take Shade Man so he could just fly over everybody and win. Because <laughs> I like to cheat. But he's a vampire. A robot vampire. Uh, Frost oh. Man. For- yeah. Oh. Mega Man 8. I'll beat you. <laughs> I'll make a popsicle of you. He's ginormous. Can I get Clown Man as my cheerleader? No. Oh, <laughs> You can get Aquaman, though. <laughs> what was it? Oh, that I'm Aquaman. Aquaman, but you can call me handsome, guy. <laughs> Such wonderful voice acting. Yeah. If nothing else, that's what that game gave to us. <sighs> See you in my dreams. <laughs> Wasn't that Clown Man? <laughs> that was Man? Clown Man when that he dies. That was Clown Man. That's right when he dies. Oh, man, that game had horrible voice acting. Yep. This can't happen. I can't take this anymore. It's Astro Man. Hello, Mega Man. I've come here, but I don't know what to do. (laughs) Hello, Mega Man. I'm Dr. White. (laughs) Be very, very quiet. Yeah, uh, but getting back to you know our our, our retro relapse, uh, Xander. What uh, what on the eight bit scale? What do you give, I give Mega it a Man six? Soccer? I really enjoyed it. Like, there's not. I can't think of, it's not a perfect game by any means. Of course, the controls could be tighter, but I really enjoyed this. One. I think I think this is the first retro relapse where we're really really divided because I'm giving it a three out of eight. <laughs> that jumps back to our, our uh, glitches question from. Uh, from a couple weeks ago what games did we just not see eye to eye on Mega Man Soccer Mega Man Soccer and Dynasty Warriors <sighs> Dynasty Warriors is so much better than Mega Man Soccer it's not true <laughs> not even a little bit true no, it's totally true <laughs> not true at all it's absolutely true alright um, so that leads us into our RPG protagonist battle oh, yeah. we're all done with uh, Retro Relapse yeah, what uh, what do we have uh for for our roundup this time? We are in round three. Wow, this is the start of round three. Yeah, this is the uh, the quarterfinals, if you will. Ooh, we're and getting there. There's four four matches, then it goes down to two, and then it goes down to one, and then we do our specialty episode. Nice. Now, for those of you who remember from last episode, uh, I teased that this is going to be one of those. I mean, it's a, it's an easy pick for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming it'll be, a, I'm, I would hope it's an easy pick for most. But this is going to be one that I'm gonna, just going to say now, uh, Dwight, the brutish one's going to have a hard time with. Uh-huh. Uh, EA Spuds will probably have a hard time with. Okay. Player one, Miggy will have a hard time with. All right. Round three. Mm-hmm. 
is Frog from Chrono Trigger. Okay. Versus Gino from Super Mario RPG. Oh, that's that's a tough one. That's I I really enjoy both those characters. Yeah, they're both good. But there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer here. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm going to choose the wrong answer. Yeah? I think I'm going to go Frog. You're going to go Frog. I think I'm going to go Frog. I really, really like Gino. But man, Frog is awesome. I also used him the most, like one of the most in Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. So he's not even just a character I enjoyed, but was in the back. Yeah, Frog was in my team all the time too, but Gino's the right answer. Gino's the right answer, but I'm not going to choose the right answer. You're going to see me throwing a vote for oh, Frog. Wow. I'm not saying that Frog's going to win, because he's not. He's, he's going to lose. The, he's the better known character. He is better known, but everybody loves Gino. Like, he has so much appeal. I think there are people who don't even really know Gino, but somewhere in the back of their brain, they're they're just going to choose Gino. Look, the glitch said it once a long time ago. If Gino doesn't win this whole thing, there's something horribly wrong with this bracket. <laughs> Listen. Because I can tell you now, Test isn't going to vote for Gino. Oh. Chops isn't going to vote for Gino. I can think of a ton of people who aren't going to know, aren't going to vote for Gino because they've never played Mario RPG. Who hasn't played Mario? Listen. It, yeah, we talked about Link's Awakening today and how you need to play it, but you guys really need to get on <laughs> Mario RPG. That is a great... It's on this mini Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. the classic that just came out. Yep. Play it. Yes. It's also on the Wii U's virtual console. Mm-hmm. Also, it's uh, on the Wii's virtual console, which is soon to be closed, yep. and also... Uh, on the Super Nintendo, you know, buy a physical cart. I don't care what. Just just do it. <laughs> all right? Download ROMs if you have to. There's no reason why this game shouldn't be played. Yeah, really. It, it is really one of the best role-playing games ever made. It's great. It is awesome. But but in any event... Uh, and just in case, I don't remember if, if uh, Grimm has played this game or not. But let me tell you, Samus is in it. Samus is in it. Mm-hmm. Very shortly. But yes, yeah, Samus is in that Mario <laughs> RPG. And and test Link is in this game as well. Very shortly, but yes, absolutely is. Yep, you should really be playing it. Yeah. So, I just really like Frog. I know, but I feel like it's going to be a tough one. It, it, you know what? Gino, Maybe. Gino deserves to win, but I think you're going to see a lot of people voting for Frog just on the fact of they don't know him. That could be. I was always under the impression that like everybody loved Gino, but I, but maybe not. That's what I'm telling <sighs> you, man. <sighs> man. That's interesting. I, I, I'm excited to see this one. I might hold off on the vote until the last moment just to see where everything kind of falls into yeah. place. Because I do really like Gino. Yeah. Like, there's there's no way I don't. It's I mean, it's just Frog's also awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like we said, if you've not had the chance to play Super Mario RPG, you're really doing yourself a disservice. Just right. the same as if you've not played Link's Awakening. Um, you need to get on that. There, I mean... Mario RPG aside, that's not even the primary topic today. But like Link's Awakening was just so good. Let me just say, we're gonna do a Mario RPG episode soon. Yeah, we will. Um, and it's gonna be ruined for you if you don't go out and play it right now. You so go do get it. On it. Go do it. Do it now. Get on it. And that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Legend of Retro. I hope you enjoyed. We do too. We do too. Me do too. Beep boop bop. Do it. We'll see you next time when the legend continues.
Thank you.